glad you're here today worshiping with us. You know, there are no other gods than the one true God that we choose to worship each and every day. So let's lift our voices and praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, for he is worthy of all of our praise.
this morning, as we sing this next song, it's kind of a new one that we're kind of introducing to you today, but it talks about how God is our treasure, our savior, our healer, our life, all those awesome words that only God can fulfill in our lives. So as we sing, it's called, it's who you are, just worshiping back.
be seated, please. Amen. Welcome to the Crossroads. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? We're thrilled that you're here today. We'd like to ask you to pass the friendship folders down the aisle at this time. And uh, we're just, we're thanking God for all that He's doing in our church right now. Today we have 40 young people away. And I'm sure that's where a number of our people from this service are at today. They're up at our, um, up at a retreat. So 40 young people went away on a retreat with uh, Caleb and the whole, on the whole youth workers team. They're up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. They actually joined up with Josh Watts. And uh, so we, we're excited about what God is doing there. I came in on uh, Friday night as they were leaving, and it brought back such good memories of whenever I was running the youth ministry. And I was like, wow, this is super exciting. And then as they got on the bus, I was glad that that was the end for me because uh, I, I do not miss those nights of not sleeping. You know, those poor youth workers go all week, and they don't sleep. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. So uh, we're so thankful for what God's doing up there. And uh, just glad to see Mary Jane Stephan back. Uh, Mary Jane's been battling the illness. Let's welcome her back. I'm so thankful for her. She, uh, Mary Jane's one of our faithful people and just, uh, just glad to see you back, Mary Jane. She's just been battling about two months now and glad to see her first day back out. So uh, today, just a few announcements. We have on uh, Clubhouse Kids meets on Wednesday night. It's really exciting what God's been doing. You just see the church filling up with people as they come in on Wednesday. This past week, we had a dinner in a gym. Uh, this place was like unbelievable up here. I just couldn't believe the people that were here for the groups, the children, uh, the dinner. And God is doing great things. So come out on Wednesday evenings from 6 o'clock till 7.45. Uh, I'm sorry, 6.30 till 7.45. And we have stuff for the children, clubhouse kids. We have the teenagers. And then uh, we have also over here uh, adult small groups that you can just jump in and, and be a part of what God is doing here in the church. And then uh, on March 9th, there's, uh, the Canopy Kids has a Lego Grand Prix, and that's uh, right around the corner. So there's information downstairs if you'd like to get your, your child into that race for the Lego Grand Prix. Uh, stop downstairs, and they will give you information how you can get your kit and get started on that. Then we have a baby dedication coming up on March the 6th, Sunday, March the 6th. Um, I don't know if you've noticed in our church, there's just been an explosion of babies. God is just giving us young families, and, uh, and all these babies have been coming in. So we're going to have a baby dedication. Uh, we believe that, uh, that, that it's the parent's job to raise the kid and to honor and love the Lord. And so uh, we're going to have that moment here on, on Sunday, March the 6th, for uh, parents with, uh, with young babies. And uh, you like to dedicate them to the Lord. And uh, we will call you up and, uh, and have a time of dedication. So if you'd like to participate in that, have your baby dedicated, please get a hold of the church office. Call Diane and the information's in the bulletin how to do that. Uh, and then our next announcement here is, uh, is Fireproof is coming up on February 14th. That's next Sunday evening. So um, next Sunday is Valentine's Day. And so what we thought we'd do is, uh, is, is give something that will help you with your marriage, help you think about marriage and your relationships. So th this Fireproof movie, uh, while it's not a new movie, it is an important movie. And it talks about uh, marriage and gives you some good, good thoughts about marriage. Uh, so we've rented out the Grand Theater in Elizabeth. It's 15 minutes from here. Uh, you can GPS it and get there quickly. Um, but uh, we've rented out for just our church and your friends. And so it's exclusively us. And so uh, the tickets are $5 a piece. Please pick them up today on your way out. There's a table off to the left. And then, then after that, we'd like to spawn off some groups, to discussion groups. Maybe you'd like to meet some other people in the church and, uh, and, and just have a good time discussing marriage. Uh, and that's what will happen in those groups. And those will, be, those will run for about six weeks. But... Uh, 
you, you don't have to do the group, uh, but we're going to start with the movie next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. So that'll be at the Grand Theater. Then we have our Ecuador missions trip coming up. And that is uh, coming up in June. We'll be going to Ecuador. If you're interested in going to that, we'll be having a meeting next uh, Sunday, a few Sundays away, February 21st at 6 p.m. in the evening. So if you'd like to go, there's still time to get on board. And, uh, and we'll be having our next meeting on February the 21st, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. All right. Also on February the 21st, Sunday, is at 12.15. We'll have a membership meeting. And we'll be helping you understand how that you can become a member of the church and, uh, and to be able to make that official for you. Uh, everybody needs a place to belong. And that's what the church is. So we want to help you find that place to belong and help you ground, uh, ground yourself in that membership. So... And then I'd like to just uh, praise the Lord for this, that, that big star there with the 80,376 represents the number that we have received so far for the birthday gift to Jesus. We, we set a goal of 75. We've gone over 80,000. Let's give God a hand. Amen. What an exciting God. And uh, so pe- people have been connected uh, to this missions offering by praying, by giving, and we're connected to the missionaries. And, the checks have gone out. We're getting thank you letters. Next Sunday, we're going to spend some time in our service letting you hear the report back of some of these missionaries. And you can hear from on the field. And we're even going to try and make a connection, uh, a Skype connection to a couple of these countries. And we'll just see what God does next week. It'll be a fun time as part of our worship service here next week. So um, as we receive our offering this morning, I'd, I'd like to just to call the ushers forward at this time and just encourage you that... Uh, as we give this morning, first of all, if you're a guest, feel free to let this pass you by. There's no obligation. To, uh, this is for those that are regular and, and you've been growing in your faith and you say, I'd like to, like to give to the Lord. He's given me everything I have and I want to respond and give to Him. That's what we're doing this morning. So let's bow in prayer as we receive our morning offering. Father God, you've been so good to us. Lord, you've, uh, you've, been, you've been moving in the church in great and mighty ways. Lord, we're watching families come to Christ. It's just super exciting uh, to, to watch the way that you're moving and, and you're doing something powerful and something that we haven't seen uh, before because it's always new, something new that you're doing, God. And you're, you're changing us, you're transforming us, and you're making us more like you, and, and, and you're bringing people to Christ. So, Lord, as, uh, as, we, as we give to you this morning, Lord, we give out of a grateful heart, a cheerful heart, because you've given us 100% of what we have. And as we return a portion to you, we say thank you, we honor you, and we bless your name this morning. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.
you see it. There's so much great found in the small. A full life of potential in a heartbeat. A massive tree in an acorn. Trillions of atoms in a speck of dust. So much said in a look. So much history in a scar. So much comfort in silence. The faith to move mountains in a seed. The greatest gift in pennies. A timeless sacrifice in a few breaths. The greatest of man in a servant. The universe is great in the small. Stars 1,000 times the size of Earth, just specks in the sky. Salvation in the simplest of prayers. The gift of eternity in an instant. Freedom from bondage in a choice. Fullness of life in the darkest of times. Power of resurrection in a word. The greatest significance in the smallest of steps. Can you see it? May we all come to see the great in the small. All right, we've been talking about small things, big difference. And um, for, for the past several weeks, we've been looking at the small things that will make a big difference in your life. And, uh, and you know, when you think about that, it really, there are just, sometimes a small thing can make an incredibly big difference in your life. So today, I want you to think with me about this. Um, there, there's, a, there's a small thing that's going to make a big difference tonight, okay? And we'll put that up on a screen here. See this small thing there, okay? Um, that is an NFL football, right? Um, from 11, the, the length is 11 to about 11 and a quarter inches long, okay? That's a small thing, less than a foot. Uh, the circumference is 21 to 21 and a quarter inches round. It's a small thing that it will make a big difference. And it, you notice there, you know, tonight we're going to watch, there, millions of people are going to stop they're going to they're gonna spend millions of dollars on food and advertisement, all these things, and, and we're going to stop and watch this little thing go up and down the field. You know, When you think about that, that's pretty incredible, that we're going to watch something less than a foot go up and down a football field, and the whole world's going to stop and cheer it on. You know? That's a small thing that makes a big difference. And then you notice on the top there, there's a pump. Balls must be inflated to a certain pressure. You know? And small things, just a little bit less air can make a big difference, right? So, I mean, I'm not going to go there, but, you know, we might as well, right? So uh, small things make a big difference. And so this is the same thing in, in your life. You know what? There are small things that will make big difference. And as we think about uh, the, what we've been talking about habits and developing habits, most of the time you think of a bad habit. God wants us to develop good habits. And as we develop some good habits... Uh, let's just review. We'll read them off here together as they come up. Would you read it with me? Have time in Christ's presence. Uh, the second one was A, uh, together, accountability. Then there was the B, Bible in my heart. Then we went to I, involved in serving. 
Last week we talked about the T, tithing. All right, and today we're going to talk, let's read it together, share Jesus. Uh, you know, all these things are small things, but they make such a big difference. Uh, five minutes a day in the presence of Christ will change your life. And if you just go out and spend that time with God, He changes your life. And we're hearing people all over the church, they're getting connected to Jesus. They're coming into the presence of Christ. It's not about how much devotion did I did. It's about, am I in His presence? Um, maybe, maybe we give the Bible reading guides, you know, are you, are, you, are you jumping on board? It's not about that I get through the whole thing. It's I'm connecting in the presence of God. And then we said accountability. Uh, we said that you know, accountability is to find a, a friend who will come alongside of you. Then we talked about the Bible memorization. We've given these uh, cards. They're out on the table. You can still get them out there. We've given you verse packs, and there's 26. That's one every other week. And and whatever, if you memorize one verse a month, uh, one verse a week, every other week, whatever, it's, it's an exciting way to get God's Word into your life. So hide God's Word into your heart. Last week we talked about tithing. We said that as we give, it's not, it's not about the money, it's more about your heart. God's concerned about your heart, and we, we went through all that. And today we talk, we're going to talk about sharing Jesus, because it really is a, a small thing that you can do that will make a big difference in somebody else's life. And when you just speak up and you share a good word, you, you share the word of Jesus with them, God transforms other people's lives. I can't transform anybody's life, but God can. Now, I want you to think this morning here, you, here you are, you're a believer, you're, you've trusted Jesus, you've invited him into your life, and he's given you peace, he's given you joy, he's given you love, he's given you all the fruit of the Spirit, and you have all this that, that, that is his. Uh, John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have an abundant life, a complete life, a full life. And so here you are, you're enjoying this complete life. You're enjoying this fullness in Christ. And so what are we supposed to do with it? Are we supposed to just hang on to it? Us four no more? Uh, We're supposed to be out sharing it. And as we share it, we have a wonderful opportunity to do a small thing that'll make a big difference, not only in my life, but in the life of others. Uh, See, when you share, you grow. It's an exciting time. And when you share this good news with other people, their lives are also transformed. Um, I have to share with you this morning, uh, a few weeks ago here, right around Christmas, uh, a little kids, there's several of these little kids, and, you know, I love to talk to the kids. I love to talk to the teens. I love to talk to everybody. I just love to talk probably. But, uh, you know, uh, these little kids, there's there's a couple of them that come up, and they, they come running for hugs. Every Wednesday night they come in, there's two... One family, they have two little girls, and they bring them, and they come running for hugs. Sunday morning, they look for Jim. They look for me. They come running for hugs. And I'm like, this is too cool. You know, these kids, are, you know, they, they like us, you know? And, uh, and so we're, one day, my daughters were in the back of the auditorium, and I was in the foyer, and they came in, and they're, they're talking. And, and the little girl says to my daughter, she goes, my best friend's out there, and meaning in the foyer. And my, my daughter's like, who are you talking about? So she couldn't even remember my name. She comes out and she says, what's your name? I said, Ken. She goes back and tells my daughter. She says, yeah, Ken's my best friend out there. And my daughter's like, what? How did that happen? You're talking about my dad, you know? How did that happen? So, so she comes out and, and then I come in and we're, we're talking to the little girl and she's having fun. She has the bag, you know, from downstairs they, uh, when the kids have all their stuff to take home and Christmas time there's a bunch of extra goodies. She pulled out, she goes, and here's my Bible verse. And so it's her little verse that we're trying to teach them to memorize. And here's my coloring page. And she pulled out about four or five items. And then she got down to the last part of the bag. She goes, and here are my M&Ms. 
And I said, could I have one? And she said, no, those are mine. And I'll never forget that because it was so sweet. I didn't ex- really want an m M&M, and I'm just kind of having fun with her. And she goes, no, those are mine. And it's just, just normal and natural. But you know what? That's really what it's like whenever we uh, have this great gift of God. Um, you know, it's not to contain it only to ourselves. We've got to be like the little kid with the M&M and just say, here, do you want one? And, uh, and sometimes we end up being like, oh, well, I'm just having so much fun. I just got so much out of my time with God this morning, and I got so much out of my Bible study and out of my lesson at church, and we never think about those around us. Uh, it's sharing Jesus is, is a, a small thing that you can do, and it's, uh, it's really an exciting thing. And so the first thought in your notes this morning is this. You were made for a mission. You were made for a mission. God made you for a mission. Um, he's given his life on the cross for you. He died on the cross that you may have eternal life. He's given you the joys of knowing him. And now he says that I have a mission for you. And that mission is for you to share Jesus. Um, John chapter 17. If you have your Bible, you can turn to there or, or it'll be on the screen here. But John chapter 17, beginning in verse 13, says this. But now I come to you. This, this is Jesus' prayer. He's praying to God the Father. And in the next chapter, he is betrayed. He goes in, uh, Judas betrays him in the next chapter. So I want you to think about this. This is his his prayer. And he's praying for the disciples. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He's praying for the disciples. He says, I want them to have joy. Um, I, I I want them to be people of joy. I want my disciples to be filled with joy. And I want you to know that that's, what Christ wants in our life today. He wants us to be people of joy. Uh, We have this great God who's loved us. He's given so much. He says, I'm praying that my joy, my joy, it's joy that comes from God, will be fulfilled in their lives. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He says that, uh, you know, God, uh, he's praying to the Father, Lord, would you please be with them? Because the world does not like them. The world doesn't like me because I'm not of this world. And my followers are not of, of this world either. My followers are here for a temporary assignment. They're residents of another land. They're, we're residents of heaven. And so your, your time here on earth, you're, you're spending this time here, you're, you're living on earth, you're really preparing for eternity. And everything that we do has an impact on eternity. What we do here impacts eternity. And so that's why sharing Jesus is so important because we're here for about a season. We may be here in 90 or 100 years. I always refer to that, 90 or 100 years. Uh, that's kind of the lifespan that we think of a, of a human being in America these days. You know, if we, we made it that far, we've done really, really well. Uh, but God says that that's not the end. That's really the beginning. Um, if you just put your whole life in here, uh, we, we get so concerned over the things that are here our life really begins in eternity with Christ. It says, I've given them your word, verse, uh, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the, of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Now, isn't that interesting? He says, I'm not praying that you'll take them out of the world. I'm not praying that you'll get rid of persecution. I'm, I'm not praying that, uh, that they would just be gone out of here and, and enjoy all the presence of heaven and all that. He says, no. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one, that you'll be able to live in this world, that you'll be able to function in this world, 
and that, that the evil one will not harm you and that you will not uh, partake of the evil one. In verse 16, he says, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them, or in other words, make them holy by your truth. Make them holy, and, and the concept there is to be separated unto God. Uh, we're, we're to be a people that are separated to, to God. Uh, that's not talking for us to be perfect. There are no perfect people. Uh, God uses people with problems, uh, and, and we're all, we all have a problem. We come to God with our problems, and he transforms us, and God uses. I've seen people over and over again that God uses with their problems. Sanctify them. Make them holy through your truth. Your word is truth. Uh, verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now, here's Jesus. He's praying to the Father, and he says, he says God, just like you sent me. And how did, how did God send Jesus into the world? Um, here was history. Here was time. Jesus was present at creation. Uh, he was with the Father at creation. So man sins, and for thousands of years, there's this long-awaited promise that man, would, uh, that, 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 that man would have a Redeemer, that the Messiah would come. And so the, in Galatians, it says at just the right time, at the appointed time that God the Father saw fit, he sent God the Son to leave all the glory of heaven, and he comes into this world, and he's born in a manger. He lives a perfect life because he's God, and he dies on the cross. He pays for your sin, dies on the cross, is buried, and rises again after the third day so that you may have eternal life. And then he's, he, he and, and so God says, he, Jesus says, just like you sent me into the world to live among people, uh, to, to serve people, to, to do your will, to, to come. Jesus came, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to redeem mankind. So he says, just like you sent me, I have sent them into the world. Um, another, another rendering of that verse says this here. It says uh, on the screen here, the next one says, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. You see, a mission has somebody who sends you on the mission. So Jesus has sent me, he sent you on a mission to share Jesus. Uh, his mission is that we would be able to be a part of the work that he's called us to do. He has redeemed, he's, given, he's the redeemer, and he's allowed us to be a part of that work of sharing Jesus so that other people could be redeemed. Um, he's helped, allowed us to be a part of the scripture calls the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, at one point we're enemies with God and God reconciles it. He, he, he fixes the relationship so that now we are friends with God. And so we have that ministry. We get to go out and we get to share Jesus. And as I do that, it really is a small thing that makes a big difference. Um, Think about Jesus. When he came to the earth, he's lived the perfect life. He's, he's gone to the cross. He's come back to life again. Uh, the, the, all the witnesses saw him for the 40 days after the resurrection. And now he's ascending into heaven. And as he gets back to heaven, just imagine what the, what the angels are saying. Okay, what's next? And Jesus says, um, just hang tight because for now, humans are going to do the next step. Imagine the, 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 uh, the angels, how they, how they responded to that. What, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And he says, listen, I've given my 12 disciples, I've given my followers, I've given my followers a mission. 
And two, here we are 2,000 years later, more than 2,000 years later, and we are the effect of somebody lived out the mission and cared for you and shared Jesus with you. Somewhere along the line, somebody told you, somebody cared about you and shared that you needed a God, uh, that you needed a Savior, and that God was that Savior. And so, so we're here because, because of that mission. This is God's plan. And it's really a small thing. You don't have to, you don't have to abandon uh, your job. You don't have to uh, go out and become a missionary. You don't have to become a pastor. You have to go out. The mission is a part of your life. You're going out and you're sharing Jesus. That's the mission of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Uh, isn't that interesting? We are God's ambassadors. We are the representative of God here on earth. God has allowed us to be the representation of the master. And he says that God is making his appeal through us. Uh, that, that's why it's so important that we go out and share Christ. Because God is making his appeal. He's used us to point to him. Now, think of all the ways that God could have done that. He's used you. He's given you a mission. Acts 20, 24, the Apostle Paul said that my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. That is the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. It's good news. This, this message is good news. It's so exciting. Uh, over in Luke chapter 14, Jesus himself gives a parable. And in this parable, he's, he's teaching us a, a, a deep meaning here. That's what parables are. It's an earthly story. It helps us understand a heavenly understanding, a heavenly meaning. And so here in Luke 14, he says, Jesus replied with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Now, in that day, it was customary for if you had a banquet, you're going to have this dinner you would send out somebody the day before to get the reservations, all right? They didn't say, tomorrow at 6 p.m. we're going to have a, a dinner. No, they would go out and say, hey, we're having a dinner Sunday night. Uh, we want you to plan on coming. But they wouldn't give the exact time. So they would get the reservations and figure out who's coming. And then the butcher would go and they, they would get all the, all the meat and they'd prepare this meal. So as the chef is preparing the meal, the, the master would send out and say, okay, it's close. Start rounding everybody in. So, with that being said, verse 18, he says, but they all began making excuses. So all these people who the day before said, yes, I'll be there, I'll be there, they've made excuses. Um, one said, I have just brought a, fa uh, brought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just brought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Now, these were all what I call lame excuses, okay? Uh, they're, they're excuses that they had. And, and look, um, I've just bought a field. In that culture, it would take a long time to buy a field. Uh, this was not something you did in a spur of the moment. So the man knew if he would have been available for the dinner or not. Um, the next one, he says, I have just brought five pairs of oxen. And I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Um, that was ten ox. He says, I bought ten oxen. And, and listen, I, I've got to go plow the field. A dinner was typically at six in the evening. That would be the typical time. And so he says, please excuse me. This is an excuse. He would have known the day before what was going on. And verse 20, another said, I have a wife, so I can't come. And this may be the most viable of all the excuses, I think. But uh, 
but it was nonetheless a poor excuse. Ah, I have just taken a wife now. Uh, and he would have known if he, if he was just getting married the day before, he would have certainly known if he was getting married tomorrow. And the whole festival, all right? He would have known all that. And if his wife didn't let him, well, that's, no, let's continue on here, all right? So he had issues here. These, what's, what Jesus was illustrating is that people have excuses to come to eat at his table. And so we have to understand that as we're out and we're sharing Jesus, it's okay for people to have excuses. Excuses are part of the, part of the journey. And it's all right. We're to love them through that. But look what, well, look what he says here, verse 21. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the towns and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So, he, so his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone urge them, compel them to come, find them to come, so that the house will be full. I want you to think about this. This is, the parable's teaching us here that God has a banquet table. And at that table, imagine what God has prepared. Uh, John 10, 10, as we talked about, he's come to give you life. And, and he says, you get to come up and you get to eat at his table. You get eternal life and you get life that begins now. It's not a problem-free life, it is life. And, and as you have life and you get to eat, you get to enjoy the peace, the love, the joy of God, he says, man, enjoy it. This is my table. And there is room for everyone. There is so much room. You will never be able to fill my house. Keep going out and bringing them back in. So here we are. We've gotten to eat at the table. We've got to enjoy. We've, we've had this great time of enjoying at the table. And then now we get to go out. We get to bring people in. We get to compel them to come to Jesus. Why? Because he'll transform their life. He will give them hope. He'll give them peace. He'll give them joy. He gives them, that, that's part of following Christ. It's the transformation that Jesus does. And only Jesus can do that. You notice he doesn't say go out and, and find people who will clean up their act. He says go out and compel them to come. And when you start eating of the good things, God begins to transform you from the inside out. The Christian life is a feast, not a funeral. It's a feast, not a funeral, and all are invited to come. I want you to remember that because I think sometimes I see people get this version of Christianity where everything is woe is me, I'm no good, and it's, it's all this bad. But guess what? When I look at the Bible, I see this feast. I see this greatness of God. I see this awesome God who loves you and says, if you'll follow me, I'll turn you into a disciple. I'll make you a disciple. If you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And so that's the first stop is for us to come and eat at his table. Eat at his table. Come. Come for the time is ready. First, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 5 says this, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. Work. It's an interesting word there. It says it, it may be work. You're going to have to work tell others the good news, and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. Now think about this this morning. Is there going to be anybody in heaven because you invited them? Wouldn't that be interesting? When we get to heaven, will there be anybody, will you meet anybody and says, hey, thanks for the invitation. I'm so glad to be here. And, and that's what God has given us the, the, uh, the ability to do. We get to share Jesus. 
We get to go out and say, hey, I just want you to eat at the table of God. Just come. I'm, I've been eating and I enjoy it so much. I want you to pull up a chair too. And that's, that is as simple as that. It's that simple. <clears throat> Many Christians have brought into a lie, though, that, uh, that people are not interested in spiritual things. Did you ever think that? I think quite often people think that our culture is not interested in spiritual things. However, I want to remind you that among the top-selling books through the years, spiritual interest make it on the top sellers. Um, the Purpose-Driven Life being one of them. Just People just bought millions and millions of copies of that. Uh, and there, there are many others throughout the years. People are seeking. Why? Because our world, we're, we're living in a world that's got so many problems. We have so many issues, so many trials, and God says, you know, I, I, I'm here. And, and he wants to draw people onto himself. So people are seeking, and, and many of them are seeking through the wrong avenues, they're, but they're seeking. Um, Tom Rainer, in a study, said this about people who are unchurched. People do not attend, do not have a connection to a church. said that 96% of people uh, will come to church if they're just invited. 96%. Now, let's make that a little bit more understandable. That's more than 9 out of 10 people will come to church if they are invited. Nine out of ten. Now, I want you to think, everybody here, somewhere along the line, somebody opened an invitation for you to come to Christ, to come to church. And that's, that's our beginning. And so we have this great opportunity. And we say, well, that person would never be interested. Um, according to the survey, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten people would be interested if they were invited. 160 million people in our country claim to be unaffiliated with the church, 160 million people. If that statistic is true, that would be 153 million people could come to God if we would just invite them. 153 million. If the church in America would just go out and say, hey. So we're going to talk about that here. How do we actually do that? How do I share Jesus? How do I, how do, I do this? Um, number one is share your life. And this is in your notes there. Share your life. Uh, it's, it's that simple. That is the starting ground. Uh, you, you're burdened for somebody. You're praying for somebody. The next thing to do is to share your life. Um, and over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. Here's how we're to bring people to Christ, right there, gently. We were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her children, Verse 8, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. You see what happened? They shared their life. The apostle Paul was all about, yeah, Paul went into Athens. He stood up. He stood before the greatest thinkers of the day, but he also understood what it meant to love people. He understood what it meant to, to break down barriers through care, through communication, by being a person who lives life among people. That's what Jesus did for us. He lived among us. He made his dwelling among us. So we're not supposed to be like, okay, I've got this Bible, and it's so good, and I just keep eating of it. Maybe somebody will find it. No, we're supposed to go out and live among people. And enjoy life among people. Find common ground. Begin with something that is common. Build a bridge. You know, that's how, that's how relationships work. You build a bridge. So you do something that you enjoy, and, and you build a bridge. 
Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it's an interesting passage, and we won't go through the whole passage there this morning, but 1 Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul basically says, three times he says, I did this to bring to Christ. I did this to bring people to Christ. I did this to bring people to Christ. The first thing he says was when he was with the Jewish people, he would live under the law so he could find a common point with them. And when he lived under the law, he said, I don't have to live under the Old Testament law, but I did when I was with those Jewish people. Why? So I could bring them to Christ. Then he says, he says, when I was with the Gentile who were not under the law, I didn't live under the law. As a matter of fact, he says, I lived under the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to love God and to love others. That's over and you find that in Mark chapter 12. Love God and love others. He said, that's what I did. I lived by the law of Christ. I loved God and loved others. But I didn't live under all those Jewish rules and regulations. And then he says, he goes on in the last part of the chapter there, he says uh, in verse 22, when I am weak with those, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. You know, we've started a group, Celebrate Recovery in the Church. What do you think we're doing? We are identifying with people and their weakness. And we're coming along and saying, hey, listen, God loves you. God cares about you. And we're going we're gonna to show you. We want to invite you to eat at his table. Share Jesus. But it starts for us. We have to start with a common ground. Start with a common ground. The Apostle Paul, if you look through, through the book of Acts, and I had such fun as we were studying Acts last summer. Uh, you just saw he constantly, he kept coming and he made a connection he found common ground, common ground, over and over and over. He would find a common ground. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Do what you love to do, but invite people who need Jesus to do it with you. Do what you love to do with people who need the Lord. So that means you may love fishing. Go find other people who love to fish and bring some people who need God with you and fish. You see, you're finding a common ground. Uh, women, you may love to bake. In, invite a few people and bake. Uh, d- do it. Do it together with other people. Uh, you, you, may, you may enjoy camping. Go camping with people who need the Lord. You may enjoy quad riding, riding quads. Do it with people who need the Lord. You may enjoy, and, and the list goes on and on. I, I wrote down just a few thoughts here. Maybe you enjoy, I know people in our church who, who like to act. They go to acting clubs. They do that with people that's a great way to connect with people. Line dancing, mountain biking, board games, reading groups, writing groups, matching, uh, uh, watching movies, collecting, garage sale. That's me, garage sales, all right? I don't like having them. I like going to them, all right? Garage sales, fishing, fixing computers. Uh, you want to you have a, a, an impact in somebody's life? Fix their computer. They'll be your friend for life. Uh, you have a great open door. Look for open windows, all right? So start, start there, and then the next thing is we move to an open window. So the, the far, I, I don't come up, the front line is not, hey, you know, are you going to heaven? <laughs> you know, that, that's rare that you do that. Those are rare opportunities. Now, when we go to Ecuador, we have those opportunities. We'll stand on a street corner and we'll say, hey, you know, there, here's the cross and here's the message. But most of the time, you're not in that opportunity. The opportunity that you have is to live life with people. And as you go out there and live life, do what you enjoy doing, but with lost people, God will use you. And you begin to look for the open windows. 
And as you see the window of opportunity open, you say, ah, oh, this person needs God. And I can tell them how that God will meet their need. I can tell them how that God is the only answer. And I begin to start to plant seeds. Um, <clears throat> Colossians 4, verses 2 through 4 says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. So the Apostle Paul, even in chains, he's even in jail, he says, pray. Pray that I will proclaim the message as clearly as I should. Those are open windows. As you watch for a window that opens, you're sensitive. And maybe all of a sudden you start to share and the window starts to close. And they say, well, I don't want to know. I, you know, I disagree. It's okay. It's okay to disagree. We disagree agreeably. Uh, well, however that goes, disagree agreeably, right? And when we do that, I'm not trying to win a war. I'm not trying to win an argument. I'm trying to say, will you eat at the table? Will you come up to the God's table? He has so much to offer you. Will you trade your sorrows for his joy? That is sharing Christ. I make an invitation. Make an invitation. Romans 10 uh, verse 14 talks about making an invitation. Uh, we, do, we do this. We live among people. We, we connect with people. Find common ground. And then, and, and that, listen, most of our church is excellent at that. I see our people. You guys have friends. You have relationships. God, is, God has placed you with people that I will never meet. They're, they're your friends. But God wants to use you in that environment. And as you see the windows open, the opportunity open, the next step is to make an invitation to Christ. Um, Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they've never heard, uh, 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 if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? God has placed you out there to plant the seeds of the gospel. Let the good news be known because he loves you, he cares about you, and he cares about the people that he's placed you with. So you may have a, 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 a skill that you can use. It's acting, whatever, baking. You know, rarely would I go and slide a note under somebody's door, come to Christ. But I can take a cake over to my neighbor and say, come to Christ. I can show up when they're sick in the hospital. I can show up. I can tell them that I'm praying for them whenever their kids are sick. I can tell them, I, and I can begin to plant the seeds that God has a plan for their life. And one day, they'll get to hear what I wanted to shove under their door, right? Because I want it to go more than under the door. I want it to go into their heart. That's bound prayer tonight. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, God has chosen you to join him in his mission. What an awesome God that he would love you that he would allow you to eat at the table. And now he says, I want you to go out and I want you to share this. Like a little child with her candy that would open up and give her friend a piece. Would you think about the people in your life? What is it that you love to do? You like to fish? Go fish. You like to bake? Go baking. You like to... See, God shaped you for his ministry. God made you. God made you in a specific way to reach specific people. And he's made me different than you, but we have the same mission. The same mission is to, 
to do what God has given you naturally that, that, that comes to you that you say, wow, I just enjoy this. Do it with people who need God. Begin to pray. Look for those open windows and invite them to Christ. Maybe you'll, you'll just invite them to church. Imagine if we as a church went out and, and, and tried that and said, wow, there's nine out of ten. Nine out of ten people will come if we just open our mouth. If we're kind and in that loving relationship, invite them. What God could do. What God could do. Imagine your life, the people around you. Some of you are just begging. You, you want God to do it. Take the step of faith. Start fishing together. Take the step of faith. Start playing games together. And watch what God does in those contexts. God will give you the opportunities. And you'll be surprised by the great and awesome God. Father God, I love you and I thank you. You've allowed us to sit at your table, to eat, to eat of the goodness of God. I thank you, Lord, that you said it in your word by this parable that there are so many, so many seats open, so much room available. Go out and bring whoever. Everyone should have the opportunity to eat at your feet, to eat at your table, Lord. God, I pray you'll be with our church. Help them to respond and Lord, for those here that haven't yet pulled up a chair to the table, I pray, God, that you'll, you'll meet with them. And may they just begin this morning to just open their heart, receive Christ this morning. I thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. As we close our service, I invite you to come and kneel and pray if you'd like to do so. Let's stand together and sing as we respond to the Lord.
great singing today. Would you just shake a hand as you leave today? And we will see you next Sunday. Have a good week. We used to hide from the light. We made friends with the night. We were headed the wrong way on a one-way track. Going nowhere fast. We got used to the dark. We thought this is who we are. And we figured that we were just too far gone. 